0: from Tolberg for BizNews. Chemical pesticides have been used since the late 1800s to protect crops, but their harmful effects on the environment and human health have led scientists to search for alternatives. In South Africa, two PhD researchers from Rhodes University has had a breakthrough. They have discovered a novel biopesticide that have been developed into two products. Joining me is one of the co-creators of the biopesticide, Dr. Michael Jukes. Dr. Jukes, welcome to BizNews.
1: Uh, good day. Thanks so much for having me today. It's really great to be here.
0: Well, you've developed something new, but can we start by looking at the problem? How bad is the problem of chemical pesticides in the world?
1: So, chemical pesticides are used to control many different uh, pests in uh, various crops around the world. It's not so much the use of chemical pesticides, but I guess when they're overused and when they're when they're used in ways that are are not necessarily um, going to be helpful for the control of those pests. So when you overuse a chemical, you could have a wash off of those chemical insecticides into uh, waterways or other types of environments, which can then have detrimental effects. So this could have a knock-on effect for beneficial insects in the environment, such as bees and uh, birds or other animals. And this is really where the careful consideration of how we control pests becomes so important. Um, And especially when it comes to chemicals, to make sure we manage them correctly and use them appropriately where necessary. And then, of course, to find new ways that we can control insects while we try to balance out our use of these different control options.
0: Is there a figure of how much humans use every year?
1: So I I don't have an exact number, but they are used extensively because they are very effective and they offer a fast way of controlling pests in in farms and in different agricultural environments. In many developing countries, they're used quite extensively because they're cheaper, they're more effective, and they're fast to use. But of course, then this comes with the the cost of what effect does it have to your environment and and other organisms in that environment. So where possible, we really should be trying to say, well, even if if they're not used extensively, what other applications can we use to balance this out? Because, for example, resistance to these insecticides can also creep up if you overuse them. So even where they are being used in in an appropriate fashion, if they're used too often or too frequently, you could have resistance developing. So we need to try balance this out with the use of different control options to ensure that we aim for like a long-term control program.
0: So your discovery, how did that come about?
1: So it started in uh, with uh, myself and a colleague of mine, Tamrin Marsberg, who was, we were both doing our PhDs at the time. Uh, she started working on a, an insect called Leeching moth, looking for viruses that can be used to control or be developed from that to uh, that insect. And after starting to rear the insect here at the university, at Rhodes University, she did find a virus and started researching it. Short while after that, one of our other insects that we rear here at the university started showing symptoms of infection as well, and we weren't sure what was going on there. So we sent it off to some of our Polish collaborators to, for them to have a look and see what they could find. They found an indication of a virus in that insect, in that insect as well. And that was then assigned to me as my PhD project. So Tamron and I were both working on two different insects, with both of which had a, a viral infection and the potential for uh, a biopesticide to be developed. And we continued our research from then. And kinda, that's where the story evolved from.
0: What are these biopesticides? Can you just give us an idea what's the difference between that and a chemical pesticide?
1: So biopesticide refers to biological pesticides. Um, it is not specifically viruses. You get viruses, fungi, bacteria... Nematodes, as well as other types of organisms that are predators to your, your pest insects. So these can be like parasitoid wasps and other types of insects that um, naturally are the enemies of these pests in, in agriculture. So it's kind of the use of these natural enemies and pathogens for the control of pests in, in agriculture. Whereas chemical insecticides are generally uh, synthesized or like artificially synthesized. And then those are sprayed as a form of control. So these could be there's a very wide group of different chemical insecticides that are used, but in that case they're they're generally synthetic. Whereas in biocontrol, we're looking for natural uh, predators and pathogens for use in agriculture to control these pests.
0: So what are your two products effective against?
1: So the virus that we worked on uh, infects different tortricid uh, insects. So these are insects that are commonly cause damage to say citrus or apple crops and and uh, macadamia and other crops. And what we did was we found we found this virus in these insects and then working with some of our research partners and industry partners, it's gone through a very long process to get to the product development stage. But as a result, it's been formulated into two products. One's called Coddle Max, and that will be uh, marketed for control of a pest called Codling Moth in apple. And this is a major pest in South Africa, in Europe, and in North America. And the other product is called Multimax. And it is the same virus, just with slight differences to the formulation. And this will be used for control of pests such as false coddling moth, which is a major pest of citrus in South Africa, as well as on macadamia and, and lychee. So um, it has a number of different uh, crops and targets, but the two products themselves are, are Coddlemax and Multimax, which are formulated with this virus.
0: How far are you in the process of commercializing uh, these products?
1: So we've made this announcement now because it's actually now entered, the products have entered the market. Um, The first set of products from our commercial partner, which is River Bioscience, they're located here in South Africa as well. They have just started their shipments of their first products to farmers in South Africa. We currently have uh, registration processes pending for a sale in Europe and um, hopefully those will go through uh, very soon. So These products will start to um, expand their range to other countries where they can be effective. But for now, yes, sales of this product has started in South Africa and they are going to be used by farmers against these pests in the immediate future.
0: So how does it work at Rose University when you make a discovery like this? What's the process of spinning it out into a company or who does the IB belong to?
1: So this was something completely new to me when I started my research. I came in just... With the project and then as soon as the potential of the virus was discovered there was discussions with um, our research partner as well as this uh, commercial partner of ours as to the potential of of making it into a product Um, and it starts off with of course first determining where it could have a, a benefit in society where it could be utilized and we saw that from the types of insects that it could control so that that gave us a strong indication that it had marketability and then the next thing was to then say well we'd want to go through a patent process to protect this intellectual property. And as you asked, how does that work? Um, essentially, in South Africa, by law, the institution, the universities that are involved with this type of research will be a a, a patent holder and a beneficiary of this type of research. But then on the other hand, uh, the patent will also be shared with our uh, industry partners, which is River Bioscience and Citrus Research International. So the three different organizations involved here Will all be a, a part of the patent uh, holding process, and they'll all be beneficiaries of this. Um, but the university will certainly be a beneficiary of this, which will be great to see in the long run because it creates a, a nice constant source of funding for future projects that we have to continue some of our research endeavors.
0: And what's the position of you? You know, how do you benefit
1: by it? You no, know, so, so I'm I'm not affiliated with the company directly. I only work with them in terms of. The research done by the university and, and assisting them with providing the research that we have for them to continue with the product marketing and registrations. Um, I am at the university at Rhodes University. So I'm a researcher here and I, I conduct a whole range of projects outside of just working on this virus. Um, but this was one of them because it was uh, from my PhD and I continued working on it after my PhD completed. Um, so I've continued to work alongside our research partner and the commercial partner to make sure that this continues going all the way through to where it is now. Uh, Tammy Marsberg, the other uh, PhD student who is working on the project, the co-founder, I guess you could say as well, she moved on to work for our research partner, which is Citrus Research International. So she's based there now, and she works on a number of different biological pesticides and control programs there. So I still work very closely with Tammy, and um, she's based at Citrus Research International, which is our research partner on this. We're very excited to see how it got to where it is now and um, to stay involved with it all the way through.
0: Is there international interest in your product?
1: Absolutely. So as I I mentioned, in Europe, there's the codling moth, which is one of the insects that this virus um, can be used to control. So in Europe, they they have virus-based products already to control some of the, the insect pests there. However, an emerging problem is resistance development to these products. So a number of types of resistance have been detected in this pest which is called codling moth and as a result there's a continuous need to develop new methods of controlling it either those being virus-based or other types of control options so we hope that our our product can assist with the control of this pest when the registration process is finished and the same goes for North America where this pest is also the same pest codling moth is also a major pest of apple in that market our hope is as well that it will soon enter market that that market to be able to be used as a product for the control of that pest
0: So, what is the potential of these virus based products to replace chemical um, pesticides?
1: Well, I don't think we should aim to replace chemical pesticides. Chemical pesticides certainly have their applications and importance in terms of controlling pests. It's more about doing what we were considering how we balance the use of all these different control options. So, where possible, we should be using biopesticides to mitigate our effects on the environment introducing uh, potentially toxic chemicals to our environment and, and having knock on effects and so to say but i don't think there's one single uh, silver bullet that can control all these different pests so we really need to make sure that we're using chemicals in a appropriate and uh, and and considerate way and to do that we have to have alternatives that can essentially minimize our reliance upon that and maximize farmers options when it comes to controlling the pests so This will form part of, I guess, like an arsenal that can be used against these insect pests and really give farmers choice in how they want to control the pest and ensure that we can minimize our impacts on the environment.
0: Well, when you speak to peers in the international world, how South African scientists view?
1: So I I regularly go to a conference called uh, SIP, which is an invertebrate pathology conference, and that attracts experts from all around the field, uh, all around the, the globe, sorry, and um, when we chatted them there, I, th- I think we are, we are working at a, on par with the types of research that are going on in, the, in their laboratories. Um, in some ways, we have biodiversity, which provides resources such, such as this virus that is not available in other countries. And this fosters some really nice collaborations that we can continue into the future. So, for example, we have had collaborations with some French researchers and some German researchers on this product. I and then mean, they've been testing it against some of the insects in Europe. We're looking at starting a collaboration with uh, some Japanese researchers as well to see if this virus could be used to control some of their insect pests. So in terms of where we stand on like, the world stage, I think there's always more to learn. There's always more to do. But um, we definitely are working alongside some of the, some of the really best people in, in this industry and in this field. And um, the recent conference that I went to, I spoke to them again. And, and it's really great to see what's happening and to be able to participate at this level.
0: Do you think South Africa has the means to commercialize these products and make them for industry?
1: So absolutely. Um, our commercial partner has been producing virus-based biopesticides for 20 years now. So they have the knowledge, they have the background, they have the expertise, the the systems in place to do this. They currently produce two other virus-based biopesticides for the control of two pests, one in citrus and one which is a, is a, a pest of many different crops. And those they've been producing for, as I say, 20 years now. So they're bringing this industry background uh, experience to help us where we don't have that type of experience. We don't have the, the know-how on how to produce these products on a large scale like they do. So we basically provide the research and um, the, the experience in terms of te- technical input. And then they take care of the the more commercial aspects of it. And they have now signed uh, agreements with uh, international distributors to start providing this product to European markets and other uh, international markets um, so I think it's South Africa really isn't a good place to be uh, performing this kind of work and this type of uh, working on this type of industry.
0: So what's next for you are you going to continue working on this um, virus?
1: Uh, absolutely so we we currently work on about four or five different viruses viruses, some of which are commercial products already and others which have not been commercialized yet so there's always a, a hope that those ones that haven't yet entered into a commercial environment will one day get there and ultimately all to help uh, improve our methods of control of pests in agriculture and minimize our detrimental impact. We also conduct uh, a number of experiments on how we can improve these existing products. So it's not just about bringing new products to the front. It's also about how we can take existing products and maybe find ways of changing formulation or adjusting the way we spray and and how we approach our spray programs to improve their use in the field and and maximize their efficiency. Um, And those are all ongoing types of research that we work on here at, at Rhodes University.
0: Well, Dr. Michael Dukes from Rhodes University, thanks so much for speaking to us.
1: Thank you very, very much. It's been absolutely fantastic.